Welcome back to Jackie Just Chatters. I hope you are full of the holiday spirit. This is part two of my Victorian-inspired Christmas episode. There has been a long tradition around the winter solstice of telling supernatural tales. Charles Dickens was a big fan of them. Most of us know about the Christmas Carol, but few know that in a magazine he edited for years after Carol, he put in many ghost stories in the Christmas issues, connecting ghost stories and Christmas firmly in the Victorian minds. I would like to remind those listening that you can find Jackie Just Chatters on most mediums for podcasts and on YouTube as well. Maybe you'll be my Santa Claus and follow or subscribe to me, give a review or like, and my favorite, share with your friends. Always thanks to those who have been so supportive to my show. It means so much to me. This is episode part two. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, I suggest you go back there. I continue my conversation with one of the hosts from the podcast East Coast Haunts, Mary Kate. Find yourself a warm drink, settle into your coziest chair, and join us as we finish learning about the haunts at Brams Hill House. Then Mary Kate will share with us her personal stories with the supernatural. Is there any way for people to go and visit this house? So I believe that you can go and visit the house, but you can't stay overnight. And now with the filming, that may have changed things. But I do know that you were able to tour it a few years back. I haven't seen anything, any tours available now. And I would assume that's because of the filming. I did see that it was the the number two spot to visit in Hampshire, England. So I do assume that you can visit it, but I wasn't able to find anything. I don't think you're able to stay there. And maybe if the filming has come to a pause, you can take a tour. There's a couple of rooms that you might want to avoid because there are 14 different spirits that they say haunt this house. But there's there's a lady, they call her the Grey Lady, and she haunts the terrace, the library, and also the chapel, which I told you is one of the most active places in the house. She's a blonde lady with a gray wig, and she's often seen crying, and people think that she probably killed herself after her husband was beheaded for blasphemy. And her husband actually haunts the stables, which is neat. I mean... The stables? Interesting. And then her child haunts the library, and she is known to cry and try to hold people's hands as they walk through the house. So her husband, her, and her kid all haunt this place. It's a big old So it's like a, a family package. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was not a happy family. No, I mean, well, I, I do kind of think none of the spirits here seem particularly angry. They just kind of all seem sad. So it might be a good time, like a good place to go for first time people who want to have an encounter and are kind of scared of like the more malevolent spirits out there. It could be an interesting place to check out if you're ever in Hampshire. But um, they do say to beware 
of two different ghosts. Uh, a nun who haunts the chapel. Again, kind of one of the more active places. <laughs> and um, I love the nun haunts there. I know. It's pretty neat. They just, they say that she has like kind of a stern look on her face, but she's never like really interacted with anyone. And then they have someone named the green man and he just kind of appears by the lake and they say that he stares with like this icy stare at you, which is a little bit creepy, but nothing, nothing too violent or, or scary there. So it's like the house of disappointment and bummage. Yes. It's more of a sad haunt (laughs) than a scary haunt, really. Speaking of haunts, I know you guys have um, an upcoming episode talking about you and Sam's personal experience with the supernatural. So if perhaps you could give us a little sneak peek into some of the things that you have experienced and that you're going to talk about in this episode, that would be great. Absolutely. And, um, what you've discovered. Oh, sweet. Okay. I Lay it on me and my listeners. It. So I, I'm going to start off by saying that our family has always kind of had, especially the women are in our family have always kind of had this like strong intuitive sense of we, we have these like not really prophetic dreams, but dreams that kind of have reflected future events or like dreams of loved ones that have passed that you wake up in the morning and you're like, did that really happen? So we do kind of have like a little bit of a spiritual into like, we're, we're kind of in tune with the spiritual side of things, I would say. So. Gotcha. I mean, obviously no one's claiming to be a medium here or, or any, again, I'm, any expert, but that is just kind of like a weird thing that's appeared in our family. So when Sam and I first started this podcast, we had the idea that, you know, once we get more of a following, we'll go to the sites and we'll do our own investigation. So we recently were able to visit um, Pennhurst State College and Hospital, which is better known as Pennhurst Asylum in Spring City, Pennsylvania. We were able to go there and they gave us a wonderful historical tour, really gave us all the information about the property, uh, told us about the expose that had been done there, about that had really brought all the horrific conditions at Pennhurst into the light. It's called Suffer the Little Children. Uh, It was by Bill Baldini and it was released and that was when Pennhurst was shut down and all of these horrific conditions were exposed to the public. Penhurst had started as kind of this way of um, implementing eugenics into American society. Oh, jeez. Yes, really not. They did eugenics? I mean, really, they. Oh, that place needed to go. It, it was horrible. and But the thing was, is that it wasn't marketed as a eugenics property. It was marketed as this is the best treatment that your loved one with a mental disability can get. And it was actually seen as child abuse if you refuse to send them here because you were withholding the best treatment from them, quote unquote. And it really, it's, I would highly recommend watching this documentary, reading up on this place because it has such 
an important history and like so many lessons that I think should be learned by as many people as possible just to, you know, internalize what was going on back then and and the horrors that these people really suffered. It's scary, for lack of a better word. I mean, really very uh, horrifying. And uh, experiences that you guys had while you were there. Yes. You could give me just just even like one good one, like just a taste. Oh, we have several, really. But the guides took us around and they, they gave us some paranormal equipment to experiment with. And one of the uh, halls that we were able to go into is called Devon Hall. And it was kind of like a recreation um, school, gymnasium, kind of like a catch-all building. And we headed down into the basement and there is a room down there called Candyland. And the guide took us down there and she kind of explained that this was like a almost like an arts and crafts room, like a game room for kids. But as soon as Sam and I stepped in this room, you could just tell something horrible happened in here. It's just like a sinking feeling that you get in your the very like pit of your stomach. Both of us immediately felt nauseous. We both brought our boyfriends with us and even they who are they're kind of more like uh they're not as receptive to the spiritual side but even both of them said that they felt extremely uncomfortable in that room and it's the the creepiest part about it is that there's these murals all over the walls of patients that had painted themselves on the walls and all of like the load-bearing columns in the room are striped like candy canes so it does really look like some decrepit version of Candyland, and it's i mean all the windows are broken it is pitch black down there really kind of the creepiest version of the room that you could imagine multiply it by 10 it this place is scary it does sound really messed up so we went in there and we had um a couple of pieces of paranormal equipment with us one is is uh it's basically a cat toy that you can hit a button on it. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny, but um, you can hit a button on it, and then when it's touched, it'll light up. So we set that down on on a little chair in there that had several kids' toys on it, and we were asking it questions, and we really weren't getting any responses. And I had a, another piece of equipment in my hand called a spirit box, and how that works is it scans radio frequencies at two tenths of a second. So if you get more than a couple of words or more than a couple of like syllables, it's very likely that it's a spirit manipulating the radio frequencies to communicate with you. So I had that in my hand. We're talking to this cat toy and it's not going off. And and we had gotten action with it earlier in the night. So we knew that it was it was working. And out of the corner of my eye, in like the darkest corner of the room, I can keep, I I see something moving. And every time I look over there, there's nothing there. So I'm like, what is going on over here? So I stepped away from the group and I walked over to the corner of the room. And as soon as I reached that corner, I could hear a female voice come over the spirit box and say, warning, warning. And it scared me. So I, I turned back to say something to the group and as I did I heard my boyfriend ask the cat toy 
if you want us to leave, can you please make the ball light up? And immediately the ball lit up. And I felt someone standing behind me and I thought it was Sam. So I turned to say something to her and for a split second, I saw the silhouette of a man and it was gone. And I, when I tell you, we ran out of that room. I mean, just such a horrifying feeling. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So I did go on Reddit afterwards and and I found a couple of people that had had similar experiences in that room. I found someone who used to be a guide at the Mayflower building, which is probably the most haunted building at Pennhurst. And they said that there is a female spirit there who likes to warn people before a shadow man comes and appears. And I had heard none of this before we had gone into this room. And I was really, I think that we encountered something in there because I really have never felt anything like that before. And it was scary, but there's no doubt in my mind that there was something paranormal in that room. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, if any of you listeners want to hear more about this adventure, you can head over to Mary Kate and Sam's podcast and check it out. So if you could share your social media with your links and stuff with right now, and I will also put them in my episode notes. We are on, um, almost every social media platform you can think about. We're on Facebook. We're just look up East Coast Haunts. We are on Instagram also just east.coast.haunts. You can reach us at gmail at east.coast.haunts at gmail.com. And uh, we have a website, but it's easier if I probably just share the link with you and you put that in the show notes. Excellent. And yeah. Well, this has been... A blast. Your Christmas ghost story was oh, wonderful. Yes. Very festive for the time. Thank you. Uh, your, your behind the scenes at the asylum was nice and spooky. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I think I think we've had like all the ghosts for Christmas right here. <laughs> and uh, I absolutely I hope you have a, a spooky but safe Christmas. <laughs> Same to you. Thank you. Keep it spooky, but keep it safe. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Thank you for checking out part two of my chat with Mary Kate. That story from Penhurst was pretty wild stuff. If you want to hear more about their trip, head over to their podcast and the episode is out now. In fact, it is a two-parter itself. Can you believe... I've been doing this podcast for a year now. Time sure does fly. I'm ready for a little holiday rest. This is going to wrap up season one for me. I will be gone for a few weeks. I'll be back at the end of January or the beginning of February with season two of Jackie Just Chatters. Right now I'm planning out my programming for the 2023 season. If you've got any suggestions or ideas, I want to hear them. Share them with me at my Facebook page. Until next year, I wish you well. <laughs>